You're listening to Turn Zero Lists, a Legion 99 production presented by 6UP Supply. Hello, loyal Legion 99 listeners. Welcome to another episode of Turn Zero Lists brought to you by 6UP Supply. Visit 6UPSupply.com to see our entire line of premium gaming tools and accessories, including our latest large format scattered terrain products from three amazing partners, Hammerfall Customs, the Legion Outriders, and Team Relentless. I'm your host, Keegan Evans, and this week I'm proud to have special guest Kyle Dornboss from Notorious Scoundrels, part of the Fifth Trooper Network, to talk about his time at the Lone Star Open this past weekend. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. I'm really glad to have you on. Uh, I, you, you've been a pillar of the community. Uh, I've definitely appreciated. I think I, I first. I don't even think I actually introduced myself to you uh, at the first LVO where you were a where you were a judge. But I've, I've admired you from afar. I've always really appreciated your kind of level headed and direct approach. Uh, even if you and I have slight disagreement on uh, the, the the way to play evaporators. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Really happy to have you on. Uh, you you had a fantastic showing at ACO recently. You went down to Lone Star Open, uh, bringing uh, the same list, was it? For both? Yeah, it was uh, totally identical from my ACO list. Awesome. Before before we jump into the details of it, I'd love to understand a little bit and uh, for our, our listeners, what is your list building process when you when you tackle? Do you focus on strengths, weaknesses? How much of the meta are you looking at? How much of your personal preferences? I've heard you put force users in front of your daughter to choose who you're going to play. <laughs> yes, that was part of my Invader League uh, list building <laughs> process. Uh, one of the first things I do is sort of assess what I think the meta is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And that's a combination of just kind of what's good right now, uh, what people locally in the area that the tournament is going to be held are playing, what the top competitive players are practicing with what the general feel of things that are trending um you know it's it's kind of a combination of all of those things and then i try and come up with something that is uh, as close as you can get these days to like an all-rounder list that can handle kind of the biggest meta threats while being reasonably good against the other stuff that you might see um so that's i've actually used I've actually used roughly the same list three tournaments in a row, dating back oh, to wow. Last Invader League. Uh, I played Malby 2s in that one also, although I had a an Invader, I had a 20-point bid instead of a 15-point bid. Okay. Um, I dropped it by five for ACO because I figured the, the real-life bids would be lower, uh, and I was mostly right, at least with respect to ACO. I was... I was not right <laughs> with Lone Star Open. <laughs> um, I, I, I wish in hindsight I'd drop back to my 20 point bid uh, for Lone Star. But, gotcha. Um, gotcha. So, so you brought the same list for ACO uh, and into Lone Star. Going into the Lone Star meta, did you have any concerns or considerations? And did the all rounder just work? Or So you didn't make any changes? Or were you, were you just pretty confident with this list going in? So I originally sort of designed this list as something that has really strong answers to armor okay. uh, especially for aco mm -hmm. the aa5 and the lat had both just come out double aat was a popular thing mm -hmm. um, so i expected to see a lot of armor at aco mm -hmm. and uh, i actually didn't see any until my last match although the eight points of impact that is in this list definitely came in handy there <laughs> um, but it's it's a good enough list that it can handle trooper on trooper matchups as well right, uh, right it's very once you it's 
it's if there's a weakness to it, it's that it's very short range. It's basically I like to call it a range two to three list. Okay. Uh, there's only one unit in the list, which is the BX, the single BX strike team that has anything over range three. Everything else is, you know, the the B2s they can shoot at range three, but they're best at range two. Mm-hmm. The B1s kind of just chip at range three, and of course, Maul is uh, very short range. So, right. Um, it's definitely a list that wants to be close to you. Um, yeah. But right now, there's a lot of other aggressive lists out there that kind of play into that. So it's a good fit for that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's jump in. When you were building this out originally, what uh, what was the core basic concept that you wanted to start with uh, to build around? So I personally always start with Force User, unless I have um, <laughs> something else really specific that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've contemplated like a, a vehicle skew, like a rebel vehicle skew with airspeeders and RTs, which of course wouldn't necessarily have a force user in it. Sure. Um, but that's like a very specific list, skew list concept. Mm-hmm. When I'm building an all-rounder list, I usually want to include a force user in there. And that's part of that is just my comfort zone. Right. I think I've played a force user at every major tournament except uh, Invader League Season 3, which ironically is the one that I won. <laughs> um, that was the uh, that, that was the pick up Imperials for the first time and run Bosk all the way through undefeated, right? Yes, that one. Okay. <laughs> um, so other than that, I think that I have played a force user at every major tournament that I've participated in. So it's part of it's a comfort thing for me. Mm-hmm. Part of it is just that force users kind of increase the spectrum of objectives that your list can be good at sure yeah you know particularly like recover and hostage mm-hmm. exchange are great mm-hmm. for force users um and then there are several other objectives like evaporators that are just great for blue player generally so right right you know a force user is kind of a way to both simultaneously skew the objective deck towards a blue player while also giving you some options if you're not blue player if that makes sense it does yeah yeah absolutely um, i think that's I, I love that i love that approach i love the analysis and the force users are not easy to play so leaning into what you said about it being also in your comfort zone and having the reps and having the understanding of what you're bringing there is, is crucial to that i think so for this particular list you started with maul then as your yep, force user i did um if you go back all the way to Invader when I let my daughter uh, pick my list, <laughs> I actually, I put Dooku, Maul, and Jedi Luke in front of her because I had okay. sort of a list concept around each of them that I would have been comfortable with, but she picked Maul probably because okay. of the double bladed lightsaber. And he looks cool. <laughs> she doesn't, she's only four. She doesn't actually know who, who he, he is, but. Right. Um, of those three, uh, I also feel that Maul has the best anti-armor. Um, Luke is pretty good against armor as well mm-hmm. because he can, you know, once he gets close enough, he can essentially one-shot any unit in the game to include mm-hmm. a heavy mm-hmm. with Son of Skywalker pretty comfortably. Right. And his saber throw is is good. It's, you know, four black with surge crit and impact two. Mm-hmm. But Maul is definitely the most consistent just because he's got that four red saber throw with impact two, pierce two. Right. So you're basically just chunking off two damage at any armor within, you know, range two of, of Maul. Um, right. So he's also really flexible just with Geo Mastery. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like how he plays objectives, particularly that uh, objectives that require interacting with things. So I already mentioned three of them, right? Sabotage, <laughs> Recover, and Hostage, which, spoiler alert, are all in my battle deck. <laughs> um, and then Bombing Run uh, is not a great objective in general for trooper lists, mm-hmm. but 
uh, Maul more than any other force user can sort of execute a surprise steal on a bomb oh, because sure. he can double move and pick it up, which nobody else can do. Right. Um, right. So it gives you a little bit more of a fighting chance and kind of maybe zones that opponents fly a speeder into your, the middle of your army and drop a bomb um, before you can pick it up and blow it up. So Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so you start with Maul. <clears throat> when you build a list, do you build upgrades on your focus piece first and then the rest, or do you build things out and then upgrade with points you have left over? Uh, I mean, if my focus piece is a force user, which in this case it is, then I start with those just because they're kind of no-brainers, at least with sure. respect to force push. Sure. Um, so usually with like with a force user focus piece, I start with force push, and, and then I add saber throw on Maul. Okay. I used to be in camp choke, but I'm a big fan of saber throw <laughs> now because of the armor meta that Absolutely. we're in. Yeah, I think you explained um, that, that that's almost essential these days with the uh, with the armor. Yep, and then I throw tenacity on him just because that's another no brainer since he's pretty mm-hmm. much always wounded. Right, and I see you've got a stance on there too. Uh, yeah, how how's that feel for you? How'd that come through? Uh, when it's good, it's it's really good because mm-hmm. dodges are so critical for Maul to stay alive. You know, mm-hmm. he effect- effectively has five health because of Judo Mastery. Right, he only has one card that gives him any dodge tokens, one command card. Okay. So he's arguably the most fragile force user. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the stance specifically for the dodges because with Geo, you often have an extra action where you can just dodge and then he gets two dodge tokens. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Um, Does that pretty much stay in the defensive stance then the whole game for you? For the most part. There have been a couple times where I've flipped it to offensive stance where like something just really needs to die. Okay. <laughs> um, but for the most part, uh, yeah, I keep it in defensive for the dodges. Gotcha. I could I could go either way in that training slot. I've left it blank before. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't think that, that, like, I wouldn't feel too bad about it. I think once it comes out into the fray, it's a great gotcha. candidate yep. for that slot. Yeah. Because um, Maul tends to be close to things, and he really needs surges. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's it's that's like a training slot. If I need a bid, I'm not afraid to cut whatever's in there. Gotcha. All right, so we got Maul kitted out. Uh, where do you go from there for building out the rest of your forces here? Uh, usually I try and figure out how I can get to 10 activations. Okay. Um, which involves kind of building out the main structure of the rest of my list. Uh, if you're taking a force user that is an operative, so that would be Jedi Luke or Maul mm-hmm. uh, or Operative Vader, you have to think about what you're going to do for your commander slot. Right. Um, Clearly, with a mall list, you could run Grievous or Dooku, but that gets really expensive really fast, and it sort of mm-hmm. locks you out of 10 activations. Okay. So for Maul, you're talking about a T-Series. Um, I'm not super thrilled about taking, but he's cheap. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, he usually just, like, uh, hides behind a wall and, uh, you know, s- sits there for most of the game. Um, gotcha. If, yeah, which, you know, it is what it is. It's a T-Series. Um, <laughs> he's kind of a liability against things like airspeeders because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, T-47s can sort of reach whatever they want to right? Um, because of how fast they are. So it's become super common for T-47 players to just make it their first pri- priority in life to hunt down your T-Series because <laughs> um, he is important for the B-1s for direct and stuff like that. Um, right, absolutely. Especially so. as, the, uh, as direct has... Some folks uh, take direct and and forego the old reliable HQ uplink. So yep. cutting cutting that off at the knees is tempting. Yep. yep. Um, so yeah, commander is sort of the second piece there, and then I'll look at the core. Okay. Next, um, 
core units, especially for droids, are really solid. You know, B1s in almost any configuration are good. Mm -hmm. Uh, B2s specifically with the HA and the T-series are really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 93 points is a lot for a core unit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's more expensive than a phase two. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's a solid unit that is really good against armor and is really good at range two. Yep. Um, So at least for this list, I was kind of like, well, how many how many B2s can I fit and still be able to get heavies on my B1s? <laughs> um, so it's really not more complicated than that. There was, there was a version yeah. of this list where I had like naked B1s. I know Daniel Lupo has, has run a version with uh, naked B1s and four B2s instead of three. Okay. Um, I like the E5s on the B1s. Uh, they do good work against things that are not armor, um, mm-hmm. you know, against like normal white safe trooper units and stuff like that. So Right, right. Um, that's how I ended up setting on like a three B two, three B one mix. I think my sense of reality is, is comforted that the, uh, original probably mostly joking conversations about getting six specialist boxes to kit out six B two <laughs> uh, fell, fell by the wayside and we landed closer to three. <laughs> yeah. I think six is overkill. Um, I own five specialist boxes <laughs> because I wanted to be able to run four B twos. Okay. And then of course you need a, a fifth one for, Oh, sure, commander. for the actual commander. Sure. Right. Um, I have not actually painted, uh, fully painted the last T-series that I have yet. Okay. Um, so we'll see what happens with that guy. I might just end up like selling that one on eBay or something. Sure. <laughs> um, since I've sort of settled on 3B2s, but we'll see. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So we've got our core built out. We've got the uh, operative and commander. And then you, you brought a couple of extra special forces to round, round yourself up to 10. Any any tough choices on uh, on that? Getting Not 10? really. Um, special forces are usually the next place I go after core. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sith probe droids are a no-brainer with Maul. Um, you know, they're only 35 points, 40 if you take a comms relay. Mm-hmm. Um, they can bounce orders. To, they basically extend the range that you can give orders to Maul. Which right. is important because your T series is normally like all the way in the back, and Maul is often kind of all the way in the front. Right. Um, they also make it so that you can bounce orders from your B one coordinate chain to Maul, uh, which is important on turns like Roger Roger, where um, you know you can only order droid troopers. Oh sure. Yep. Um. So they're kind of a no brainer, the Sith probes, if you're running Maul, and then um, yeah, BX strike. Uh, Primarily just because like you need something that can strip standbys in a range mm-hmm. that is or in a list that is so heavily, you know, range two to range three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just good to have that extra, you know, that scout move in there for things like grabbing quote unquote safe recover boxes and sure. Um, sure. stuff like that. BX, BX strikes are not my favorite strike. I mean, clearly there are no arc strikes, but um, I think they're <laughs> also arguably worse offensively depending on your opponent's build than like the um, civil war snipers because they don't have high velocity and um, especially in this list it's pretty difficult to get them in an order for that aim for lethal Mm -hmm. so usually you're just kind of plinking two non-piercing red dice um, and if your opponent has any dodges uh, that's going to bounce and you're just doing suppression um, and it often doesn't have pierce so offensively it's kind of you know whatever it's two red dice at range five it's hard to complain about that but (laughs) it's not like you know, you see people taking like three VX snipers. Um, I think there are list concepts where that's a good idea, but this is not one of them. So, gotcha, gotcha, awesome. 
Uh, and this list runs out at a 15-point bid, 785, uh, 10 activations. Just reminding uh, everyone, as we because we went a little deep there, we've got Maul. We've got uh, th- uh, the T-Series with Aggressive Tactics, uh, Battle Dro- 3 B1s with the E5C, 3 B2s with the HA and the T-Series. Uh, we've got the Sith Probe Droids with the Comms Relay and the Strike Team we were just talking about. Uh, obviously, you've seen some great success. I don't need to talk about that uh, <laughs> too much. Uh, I-, I love the concept here. Um Jumping over to the command hand, were there any tough choices that you made here? Um, I'm assuming Maul's cards are auto-include, so maybe the generics were uh, were a conversation piece. Yeah, the only two real choices are like uh, Orbital Strike versus Push and then Roger Roger versus Assault. Okay. Um, I personally run Push just because I want the flexibility to be able to order Maul. Gotcha. Um, I know that uh, Bobby Joe, who runs basically this identical mm-hmm. list and brought it to both ACO and, and uh, Lone Star, he actually ran... Um, orbital strike um we had a long conversation about this at, uh, at lso because he basically regretted i think running it over uh, running it over push okay um if you played on the first turn and you're basically guaranteed to be able to like bounce an order to mall uh i think it's fine gotcha but it's nice to have that late game flex and frankly that attack on orbital strike is not very good so um, <laughs> yeah i think that makes sense doesn't feel worth the trade-off for me. And then I take Roger Roger just because three free dodges are great. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can either bounce the chain uh, to the probes and then to Maul, or you can just, mm-hmm. you know, if the probes are too far away to do that, you can just order the probes directly and then bounce the order to Maul. So gotcha. um, that's not as uh, much of an order control issue as Orbital Strike is primarily because you still get the same amount of orders, at least. Right. So Okay. Awesome. Um Jumping into the battle deck, uh, when you're, we talked a lot about objective cards already. Uh, is there any one card that's an absolute auto include out of those for you uh, in each of the categories? Uh, probably hostage. Okay. Um, force users are really good at hostage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mull's especially good at hostage because of Juyo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, probably that one. You don't you don't feel concerns about the rest, the Rex advantage with the with the Mall factor here. No, because um, as long as you're blue, all that means mm-hmm. is that you're playing a game of evaporators, basically. Okay. Um, gotcha. You know, assuming you can get your hostage away, which is not always a given. Sure. Uh, I heard. I heard something about a, a, a V formation of a uh, of buses. That can... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely a thing. Um, yeah, it's definitely less good in certain matchups than others, but sure. unless you're, you know, uh, it's it's also. I mean, auto win is not the right word because there's yeah. no such thing as a yeah. as like a turn zero auto win. But yeah. um, it can really like if if you're facing like a quote unquote normal list that doesn't have AA fives that can block you and doesn't have Rex, and you've got Maul and hostage. Um, you know, it's it's a really uphill climb for your opponent. So I love I love what you just said that there's no such thing as a turn zero auto win. I think there's been some some frustration and conversation around some of these uh, some that concept a little bit, and I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Uh, turn zero is setting setting a stage um but there's all you know there's there's always ways to figure figure it through sometimes it's incredibly hard but <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes you're talking about like a you know 80 20 situation yeah. <laughs> uh, which clearly is not like not where you want to be um yeah. uh, and i've seen i've seen some it, there's definitely like situations where it's like if player a makes minimal or no mistakes then mm-hmm. they're going to win um, right so i guess it depends on what your definition of like an auto win is sure sure um yeah. 
you know, uh, Legion is definitely one of those games where you can sort of look at it and be like, all right, if the status quo uh, <laughs> stays the same from this point on, player A is going to win or player B is going to win. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think there's a little bit of hyperbole sometimes in that um, <laughs> conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, outside of objectives, uh, conditions, deployments, any other absolute includes for you in the battle deck? I don't know about absolute includes. Um, okay. This battle deck is sort of designed to kind of in aggregate mm-hmm. really force some tough decisions, you know, all of the objectives. Um, so it's it's payload, uh, VAPS, uh, Recover, and Hostage are good for this list. Okay. Um, all of the conditions are too. It's got uh, Limviz, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you've got a range two to three list with a force user in it, it's great. Um, uh, fortified positions. Uh, I've, three of my units have Blast, uh, and of course, Maul is is melee. So, right. <laughs> um, and droids love um, heavy cover. Okay. Uh, so that's a good one. Yep. Uh, supply drop. You know, mm-hmm. if I can get some some field scanners or medic stuff from all, that's great. And then uh, rapid reinforcements. Uh, rapid reinforcing B twos is pretty terrifying. So, yes, um, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I've had and that. then and then all of the deployments are designed to be kind of anti R two. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ah, all right. Short edge to short edge. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I pretty firmly believe that if you're not running R2, you should be running 100% short edge to short edge deployments. Mm, okay. um, so that's um, long march, rollout, uh, major offensive, and then you can kind of pick between hemmed in and advanced positions. Sure. Um, I run hemmed in just because it puts blue like right on top of the objective. Um, mm-hmm. But if you've got like a longer ranged list where you don't want to start things off that quickly or that close, then you might mm-hmm. consider advanced positions. I like it. Like um, yeah. flipping to the other side of the coin on uh, uh, the, uh, on the battle cards you've talked about it's an all rounder list um, What uh, when you do end up on the red player side what's the first card in each of these categories that you're going to try to veto uh, bombing run <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah. I think bombing run is like the single most lopsided objective in the game if, mm-hmm. uh, if your opponent has speeders and you don't mm-hmm. um so that's definitely the one that I'm looking first to veto. Um, the other ones I really could, I mean, breakthroughs, you can at least like sort of play defense on breakthrough. Sure. Um, and then the other ones are all achievable. For, yeah. Um, so it's really just bombing run for okay. objectives. Any deployments or conditions that you, you want to throw out quickly? Uh, deployments, um, danger close disarray or battle lines against R2. Yep. Or or red hemmed in. Yep. Um, and then conditions. Um, there's not any conditions that I particularly dislike. <laughs> really. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so skipping ahead, we uh, when you showed up to LSO, what were you hoping to get paired against in the first round? Um, something with armor. Yeah, you were just ready uh, for it. Yeah, I really just wanted to avoid Rexstar primarily. Okay. Um, you know, Rexstar is a range four list, basically, mm-hmm. uh, range four to five list um, between take back clankers and arc snipers. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you get like a, there's there's always a risk that you get like an open table against Rexstar, and then if you've got a range two to three list like mine, you're just kind of screwed. Sure. Um, so really, anything except that. Uh, but given that I brought so much impact, I kind of wanted to face armor. Yeah. Um, which worked out because. <laughs> that's what happened in every single game um so. awesome 
beyond uh, beyond Rexstar, was there anything else that you really did not want to get paired against? Uh, double T forty seven. Okay. Um, T forty sevens are really nasty against droids because mm-hmm. droids uh, kind of melt when you shoot them out of cover, and T forty sevens are really good at flanking, um, and they have a strong dice pull. So, uh, yeah, really any any quantity of T forty sevens, but definitely double T forty seven. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much uh, for the list and the, and the and the breakdown. That was I think that was really helpful. Our target audience, of course, is our is folks who are trying to kind of continue to grow out of casual or into the early competitive stage and really hone in their game. And I I, I really I really appreciate the the deep dive into all of those things. You ready for some lightning round? Uh, let's do it. All right. First question: Blue pill or red player for the rest of your legion life? And I can explain blue pill if you've forgotten the matrix, like some of my guests have. <laughs> I yes, so I have seen the Matrix, but I forget which pill is which color. So blue, blue pill is you you learned reality, uh, but you're more comfortable living in uh, in the lie uh, because it makes you happier. Oh, hmm. <laughs> uh, I'd have to go with red player. All right, all right. Uh, I think we've talked about this a little bit already, but are, do you think we're in a new age of a fully armor meta, or was LSO something of a one off? I don't know about a fully armor meta. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of it consistently. Okay. Um, the A5 is really good. I think mm-hmm. people are realizing that the T47, the quote unquote new T47, <laughs> sure is exceptionally good. Um, the AAT is also uh, very good. You know, yep. Timbo had a good showing an invader with the saber tank. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think the ar- I think armor's here to stay. Oh. <coughs> uh, so. You've gotten uh, you gotten two kind of major events under your belt post uh, post well not post pad but uh, now that real life legion is starting to get back up uh, in the last year and a half what uh, what skill related to playing real life legion has most atrophied? Uh, probably finding all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, I actually have two sets of of movement tools and then I okay. also have. Um, you know, however many range rulers you get with like multiple core sets, mm-hmm. um, just because I bought you know the original core sets and then I bought the Clone Wars core sets, so I have a lot of tools, uh, which helps mitigate this a little bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I still can't, you know, uh, especially that stupid speed one move tool for cohesion. Oh, sure. uh, I can never find that thing, even though I have two of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, there were so many times at both ACO and L, so I'd be like, "Where's my speed one move tool?" Either of them, you know. Um, so yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, what uh, one upcoming unit upgrade do you think is going to be the most disruptive? Uh, disruptive. Um, I mean, we really only have two choices that we know about here as far sure. as like full details, right? We have Yoda yeah. and then we have the Wookiees. Um, yeah, if there's any individual uh, upgrades in there that, that take it. Even we can we can go with those two. Yeah, I mean, um, as far as upgrades, probably force speed, okay, or yep. force lift. Um, I've already ranted about force lift lift on scoundrels, <laughs> so I won't repeat that here. But I, I think it's, um, I think it's potentially a very degenerate card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for for to... one of the better Kyle Dornboss rants, check out that episode of Scoundrels. Yeah. <laughs> there are not many, but that is one of them. Um, yeah, so I think it's one of the two force powers that Yoda comes with, probably. All right. Um, you bounce around a bit. You seem pretty settled into CIS, but by the time we get to LVO at the end of January, what faction do you think is going to be your main? Uh, it's hard to know without, you know, that's what, five, six months away. 
a lot can happen with releases and other stuff in six months. So it's hard to say. Um, if I were to go to LVO like tomorrow, uh, it would be droids still. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first time in probably since I've I played like Wonder Twins in the early stages of the game, I have a list that I'm really comfortable with. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's, you know, I'm sort of notorious for waffling, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've brought this essentially the same list three tournaments in a row. So um, at least for me, I'm, I'm in a comfort zone. Awesome. All right. Finally, I heard some t- uh, hilariously named restaurants down uh, in the outs, uh, around LSO. Uh, did you? What was your best meal of the weekend? Uh, this is going to be boring, but it was probably like PF Chang's. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, fight you on on boring, but I'm glad you had a great meal. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I got the the spicy chicken, and I asked for it extra spicy. Um, okay. I like Thai food and Indian food and stuff. Oh, um, nice. Yep which is like a level above Chinese food for spiciness. So Absolutely. that was really yeah. tasty. And then they actually have a dessert there that they, it's some kind of like bread pudding, ice cream, chocolate situation, but they actually cover it in rum and then light it on fire. Oh, wow. Um, which I did not know existed. <laughs> and then I'm reading over the dessert menu and I'm like, this one is on fire. I, I think I have to get this just to see it. Uh, so I did. Awesome. <laughs> and besides being uh, flammable, it was also very tasty. So, Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, my wife worked at PF Chang's in uh, grad school, and so that's a that has a special place in her heart. So I'll, okay. I, I think that that's a that's a solid answer. So cool. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming. Uh, what do you want to plug and tell folks where to find you? Uh, so you can find me at the Notorious Scoundrels podcast, uh, which you can find on iTunes or Podbean. You can also go to thefifthtrooper.com. Uh, there you can also find stuff on Stormtide. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh the blog um so yeah i would say start at the com, and then there you can find anything and everything <laughs> related uh to me and or the fifth trooper so awesome great to have you on and uh listeners if you have a favorite list that you'd love to share with the legion verse uh send me a dm at metrokin hashtag 9051 on the discord and we'll set up a time to to talk about it uh, stay tuned to this feed for more great turn zero lists